With that, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn your attention to the book of Titus, chapter 2. And we're going to be... Amen. I, I love to worship the Lord. Amen. I love to shout unto God. I don't believe the church should be dead, dull, quiet. Amen. I believe it should be an exuberant atmosphere full of life. Amen. If we don't praise him, amen. The rocks are going to cry out in our place. Amen. Never let a rock cry out in your place. Never let the devil steal your praise. Never let the devil steal your worship. Amen. The, the Lord told Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith fail you not. Amen. Satan has desired to have you. He may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail you not. Amen. The devil would desire to take this all, this whole thing down. The devil would desire to take your family out and another family out one by one. Take your kids out and destroy you. The, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Don't ever let the devil steal your faith. Don't ever let the devil steal your praise. Don't let them steal your worship. Right. Amen. When you come to God, when you come into the house of God, don't. it's not time to get quiet. It's not time, amen, to put your hands in your pockets, to cross your legs. Amen. It's not time, amen, to just sit back, sit on your hands. Amen. It's time to lift your voice and begin to magnify Him and worship Him. He's worthy of all the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I like to remind the devil, you're still a liar, devil. And you don't make the rules. Amen. My God is on the throne. He's in charge. Amen. There's no one like him. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation appeareth, appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we shall live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Somebody say, that's me. A peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and the Bible says, even rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Don't let anybody, amen, minimize the word of God, the impact of the word of God. It is there for us to speak about it. It's there to exhort. And yes, there's even times when the word of God will rebuke us and call us out. And I want to just talk for a few moments tonight. Uh, on living for God. Living for God. Amen. A simple topic, living for God. If you have your Bibles, let's set them down. Let's ask the Lord to help us here tonight. Amen. We want God to move in this place. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Spirit of God. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you would have your way in this place tonight. I pray, God, that the word of God 
would not fall on deaf ears. That it would not go in one ear and out the other. But I pray that the word of God would find a place in our hearts tonight. Let your word, let it take root inside of us, God. Help us to embrace the word of God. Every dot, every line, every tittle, God, every, every, every letter of this book, God, help us to embrace it. Let it take root in us, God. And I pray that at the end, God, it would begin to take, it would begin to bear forth fruit in our lives. God, it will give you the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Living for God. Amen. I understand that I'm preaching tonight too, if you will, as it's been said, the choir. Amen. But uh, I do believe it's very important, amen, to uh, tighten some screws, nail in some nails, hammer in some nails, and just tighten things up a bit. Um, the church is growing. There's much progress that is being made. And with that, amen, there's new folks that come in. And if there's anything that may be lacking in a church, it as a church grows, that uh, insufficiency is magnified. Amen. And uh, we have to make sure that we're just staying on track. Amen. Pastor Shoemake was here some weeks ago and preached a, a powerful message. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. But one of the things that he said was uh, the way to take down a train, a freight train. You don't get out in front and stop it, but you begin to take the tracks apart. You begin to take a spike out. You begin to uh, you begin to take it apart piece by piece. And that freight train will derail itself. And uh, I believe it's very imperative to just go over some uh, some basic stuff tonight. Uh, and I believe that if the church, if we as a people of God are uh, practicing and employing these uh, these principles on a regular basis, I believe that we will be a powerful church. And I believe that when people come into this house on Sunday morning or Wednesday nights, uh, or whatever time there's a get-together or a service or event, I believe that God will use each and every one of us because it's not my goal uh, to be the only one that baptizes people on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. It's not my goal to be the only one that teaches Bible says, and I'm, and I'm not saying that I am. Uh, it's not my goal to be the only one up here all the time, but my desire, my goal is that you as a church would begin to grow in grace and wisdom before the Lord and your walk with God. And you could be able to stand up here, uh, whether it be a woman speaking to a group of ladies uh, or, or a man uh, preaching before the church or, or a young person teaching a Bible study in their high school or their college campus or, or a young minister growing into the uh, authority and anointing that God has for him and him baptizing others in the Holy Ghost in, in Jesus' name. Uh, and I believe that if we will em employ these practices, these principles, that God can help this church to go forward. The living for God, amen, the Christian life is a daily walk of faith. Amen. It's daily walking by faith. I don't have to have all the answers. Faith doesn't have to have all of the answers. Faith doesn't have to see the outcome. Faith doesn't have to, 
to, to know how it all turns out in the end. But faith is, uh, is knowing that God is able. Uh, and I'm going to ask you throughout this message tonight to turn with me. And I'm going to ask even for help tonight turning to various scriptures. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to get those out tonight. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 17. It says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. And that is substantially what I just said a moment ago, that living for God is a daily walk of faith. Amen. It's walking by faith. It's trusting in God. Amen. It's, it's knowing that God is going to see me through somehow, some way. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where. But I know that God is going to make a way for me. And it's walking by faith. Amen. Living for God is a walk of faith, a daily walk of faith. Living for God is not a, uh, a if you will, a monthly walk of faith or a semi-monthly or quarterly walk of faith. It's daily living for God. It's getting up day after day and saying, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to open up my Bible and I'm going to read my Bible. Uh, I'm not going to wait till Saturday night to get ready for Sunday morning. I'm not going to wait till Wednesday afternoon to get ready for Wednesday night. But every day I'm going to get my Bible out and I'm going to, as Revelation says, I'm going to eat that book. I'm going to devour that book. I'm going to put that word of God in my belly. I'm going to consume it. And it must be a daily thing where we get that word of God out and we say, what, what does God have for me today? Amen. How many of us have prayed many times, God, give me a word from you. Give me a word from God. And many times it's as simple as opening up this book and saying, all right, God, here's a lot of word from you. I'm going to just simply open up my Bible and read it. I'm going to read my Bible. You can stand upon the word of God figuratively and literally. I remember hearing a story, uh, Sister uh, Priscilla McGruder and Brother Carol McGruder. You may have heard the story. Sister Priscilla McGruder had with uh, was a notable, well-traveled, anointed, accomplished uh, apostolic Pentecostal singer. Uh, there was a, the whole the Magruder family went out singing and playing. I went to several of their concerts as a young as a young man, listened to their tapes many times growing up, uh, and they had a great impact in my own life. Amen. Because their music was my prayer music for many many years. I would play those tapes. The cassette tapes over and over again and over and over again. And I'd get that little number two pencil out, Sister Teresa, and I'd, when that tape would get wound up, I would begin to work that tape. That's how much I listened to it. But I remember uh, as the years would go by, Sister Priscilla Magruder was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and she, she began, I began to hear the story of this Brother Carol Magruder, which was her husband, sharing about how in those, uh, those lonely, dark nights, Amen. Not knowing how God would deliver her, how God uh, would take care of her with, when she was battling a terminal sickness. That at one point, uh, Brother Carol Magruder said, I went into the other room of the house, into the living room, and I heard my wife, Sister Priscilla Magruder, crying and praying and reaching out to God. And I said, man, she's praying with such urgency. What's going on in there? And he walked into the living room and he said, there was my wife, Priscilla Magruder, standing on the Bible. She had the Bible opened up on the floor and she was standing upon the word of God. And she said, God, I'm standing upon your word and I'm, I need a miracle. I need a healing. I'm going to tell you, you can stand upon the word of God. Amen. You can stand upon the word of God. 
and it will be there to sustain you. Uh, it's not what I'm going to be talking about here. Uh, there's about uh, seven different things I want to address tonight in living for in this message tonight about living for God. Uh, but first off, living for God is a daily walk of faith. No one is saved by individual predestination. Amen. We may cover some stuff tonight that we don't often talk about, but they uh, they bear mentioning tonight. But I believe that, and I believe that there's a Bible that all are saved as they respond in faith to God's universal grace. If you have your Bibles, Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible does not teach unconditional security. We do not subscribe to a doctrine of once saved, always saved. Amen. I believe that um, the Word of God teaches us that you can fall from grace. Amen. You can fall. It's not that I, it's not enough to say, well, I came to church last Christmas. I came to church last Sunday and I'm okay. I'm just going to kind of ride this out. Uh, But it's a daily walk with God. It's daily. It's making your calling and election sure. The Bible says it's making your calling and election sure. God, I want to be, I want to make absolutely certain God that I'm, I'm ready to meet the Lord. I'm ready that I'm living for God, that I'm doing Everything in my power, and I'm upholding the Word of God, the, the teachings of the Word of God. Each person lives by obedient faith in Christ. If Christians, if you and I remain in Him, you have, you and I have assurance tonight of eternal life. For no external force can take away your salvation. If you've got your mind made up, if you've been repentant of your sins, and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized, In Jesus' name, amen. You may say, well, all of these different things are coming against me. All of these different external forces are coming against me. Uh, I don't know if I can make it. I want to turn your attention to Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, the trials you're going through, Is that enough to separate you from what God has in store for your life? Shall distress, you say, well, I'm stressed out. I'm under distress, uh, persecution, famine. I got bare cupboards in my home. Uh, Nakedness, I don't have clothes to wear. Peril or sword, people are coming after me. Uh, As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, the things that are presently surrounding you and I, the things that you're presently dealing with at home uh, and your job, amen, the things that you're presently dealing with, nor the Bible says, nor things to come, nor bills that are yet to be showed up in your mailbox, nor, nor things that are yet to be accomplished down the road, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus. If you've got a mind that's made up, I'm going to live for God. If you've got a mind that says, I'm going to go all the way living for God. I'm going to tell you, there's no amount of distress. There's no amount of tribulation, no amount of sickness, no amount of persecution that can steal your faith. But you have to, the only way it happens is if you lay down, you surrender, you wave a white flag and say, I give up. I can't make it. I'm going to tell you, but I'd rather say as the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Amen. I've kept the faith. And there's a crown of life waiting for me. I'm going to tell you today, it's a good fight that we're in tonight. It's a good fight. Amen. I'd rather be fighting hell. Amen. Living for God and going forward in God than living in depressed state. Living down and out depressed on the outs with God. Amen. But I want to be involved in a red hot fight. Amen. I want to be involved in going forward in blazing trails and seeing God's hand at work in my life. I want to fight a good fight. Living for God is a fight, Brother Darian. Living for God is a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight worth fighting, though. It's something it's worth fighting for. Amen. If we are faithful, amen. I like what Brother Paul said on prayer meeting on this last Monday night. Amen. That there's a there's a promise we've got. There's something beyond the starry sky. I can remind you tonight that there's still a heaven to gain and a hell to shine, no matter what it costs you. Amen. If we're faithful here on earth, Sister Lauren, if we do what God's called us to do, amen, there's a better place, amen, beyond the starry sky. Amen. There's those pearly gates to the city. There's the streets of gold. Amen. There's a crystal clear sea. And all of these things, amen, it's if we're faithful to God. If we make up in our mind, I'm going to live for God, come hell or high water. Amen. Tell me what tempters may come my way. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to fight a good fight of faith. It's a fight worth fighting for. And nothing can take away your salvation unless you give it away. Several basic disciplines are integral parts of Christian living. And here we go with the seven things I want to talk about if time will permit tonight. The first of which is something that we talk about probably so much you may get sick of it. But it is the most vital thing in this church. Anyone want to take a guess? Prayer. Prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. I like how The Apostle Paul writes to the church of Ephesus in this verse, Ephesians chapter 6 and 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. It's a constant thing. It's a constant thing. If we'll make prayer a daily thing, if we'll make prayer a constant thing, and not just going through a catechism, uh, of prayer, of you, you repeat the Lord's Prayer and you're done. And I know that that's probably not an issue here tonight. But prayer is not just uh, repetition. It's not just repeating the Lord's Prayer over and over again or saying hallelujah 50,000 times and saying I pray. Amen. But it, praying always with all prayer and supplication, the key words 
is in the Spirit. If you can learn on a daily basis to get into the presence of God. Amen. On, on a daily basis to get on your face before God and pray. Amen. It will make all the difference. Hallelujah. It will make all the difference. One thing, that, one image, uh, picture I have in my mind. Uh, a few years ago, I think it was. Amen. Uh, the Hoyles. Amen. We love the Hoyle family. They put a video on. A video up of little Jenna Hoyle. I think she was maybe a year or two. I don't know. She was really young. And there was a video of her just a few years ago praying. Mom and dad were not trying to encourage her to pray at the moment, but she just found a place to pray. She went into her little toy chest. She closed the lid, began praying. That only happens because a child sees a mom and dad praying. That only happens because a child sees a mom and dad praying. I remember when we first came here and the Hoyles came a short while after, there was a time in the altar call, amen, where Brother Josh and Sister Monica were up here at the altar kneeling down praying, and there was little Jenna praying. That stuff is caught. And and I since then I've thought, well, man, I want to have that for little Lene, for my baby girl. I want her to know what it's like to hear daddy pray. Not just, I remember back in 19, whatever, what 2000, whatever year it was, I remember my dad prayed that one time. That was a really powerful prayer that one time. But I want my baby as she grows up to say, man, I can't tell you the amount of times I heard my dad pray. I can't tell you the amount of times my dad picked me up and carried me and talked in tongues and wept before the Lord and prayed and cried. I want to have that. I've seen... In the years we were in San Jose, uh, in First Church, the church began to go through a shift in the spirit, and revival began to break out amongst the adults. The adults, the young people, began to get a hold of God, began to get lost in the Holy Ghost, drunk in the spirit. And then the young people. And then I watched something very, very special happen. A short while after that revival began to uh, continue to happen in the in the adults uh, and the young people, I watched that generational transfer transfer begin to happen. When it wasn't just the adults coming to the altar, but it began to be the five and six and seven and eight year olds coming to the altar with their hands uplifted, tears coming down their face, speaking in tongues. I've seen the little kids get drunk in the Holy Ghost. I've seen the little, the, the nine and ten year old boys laid out in the Holy Ghost talking in tongues for over an hour. That's what happens when we as adults, we get it. And we, we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go further in God. I'm going to allow God to take me there. I'm going to allow God to work in my family's life, in my, my husband, my wife's life. I'm going to allow God to work in my own life. I'm going to get a hold of it. And you, you watch what happens as you begin to say, I'm going to make that. I'm going to apply that word to my life. I'm going to get a hold of God. It won't be long until the kids are getting the Holy Ghost. And it will be because you and I as adults broke through barriers. It will be because you and I said we're going to go forward in God. We're going to break through some walls and some barriers. And we're going to tear some strongholds and the devil's kingdom down. And when you do that, the children can enter into a place in God. 
Because you have fought the fight. You've won the battle. There were times, amen, we could have given up. We could have thrown in the towel. We could have said, well, I'm going to go to another church without all the drama. I'm going to go to another church without all the inconsistencies. I'm going to go to a more perfect church. I'm going to, I'm going to skip across town and try and find me another place to go. But there's something to be said about when you say, I'm going to dig my heels in. And, and if there's some area of insufficiency in the church, I'm going to bridge that gap. I'm going to help this church to get where it needs to get. If it's a if it's a prayer meeting on a Monday night, if it's an outreach on a Saturday morning, if it's starting a new ministry, if it's if it's getting involved in however you however God speaks to you, Amen. I'm going to go forward, Amen. The way to change an organization is not from the outside, but it's from the inside. That's why God wants when He wants to change our lives. He says, "I'm going to get inside of them, and then I can change them." Amen. If you want to see God do something great in this church, then you from the inside begin working, begin praying, begin stirring up the Holy Ghost. God, help our church to go forward. God, you've allowed me to see some gaps. Uh, you've allowed me to see God some areas of weakness. And it's not so I can criticize. It's not so I can find fault. But it's so I can bridge the gap. It's so I can pray it through. It's so I can help the pastor to see his vision go forward and be accomplished. God wants to work from the inside. God wants to use you and I to make Abundant Life Center the greatest church that this area has ever seen. Hallelujah. Prayer enables a Christian, a child of God, to receive God's promises as well as spiritual direction and power. It's in prayer that God gives you direction. It's in prayer that God gives you wisdom. I don't like to make decisions that are big, that are transformational, without first covering it in prayer. I don't like to make decisions for my family's welfare, spiritual, or financial, or whatever, without covering them in prayer. I may think I know best, Brother Raul, but... I know the truth of the matter is only God knows what's best. There's been jobs I've applied for and I've said, man, that's going to be a good job. Excellent benefits and yada, yada, yada on down the line. And I said, God, if you're not in it, God, I want you to shut that door. If If you're making if you're on the verge of making a decision, you better make sure you You've got it from God in prayer. You've heard it confirmed from the pulpit. You've got it in the word of God. And God is and God is opening that door. And God is shutting the other doors. When it's time for you to go, God will, God will confirm it. God will open that new door for you to walk through. And God will close the old doors. And you'll know, hey, I'm in the perfect will of God. But if you try to get ahead of God and say, well, I'm going to just launch out. Without praying, I would be very, very careful. When it was time for us, and I've said it here several times, when it was time for us to come to Lathrop, I got kicked out of Fremont. I lost my job. God shut that thing down. And God opened the door over here wide open. God made a way. There was no, uh, there there was times we, we wondered, I wonder if God knows where I'm at, but 
But I knew when I when I get down a little bit further, I'm going to know exactly what God's doing. I'm going to trust in him. But I made sure I made, I covered that decision in prayer. And if you'll do that tonight, living for God, cover every decision in prayer. Amen. Things you're contemplating doing, covered in prayer. God, I don't want to get out of your will. I want the perfect will of God for my life. God, don't let me make decisions that I think are right, but ultimately in your eyes they're wrong. God, I've got to have a confirmation from the Lord. Sometimes we say, well, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. To do a certain thing, X, Y, and Z. There's times, amen, well, I'll tell you this. If you're submitted to authority in your, in your life, living for God, God will confirm what he spoke to you through the man of God. Because if you launch out and say, well, I'm going to just, God gave me a word, but my pastor is in disagreement with that word, and he's a praying man, then it's time to submit. It's time to submit. And submitting is not always easy. I'm not going to get through all my notes tonight. Submitting is not always easy. Y'all heard of the Freemans? Sister Nona Freeman? Incredible, legendary story missionaries to Africa. God spoke to the Freemans. I want you to go to Africa. They went before the, the board, the UPCI board. They said, no, you're not going to go to Africa. They did not go anyways. They said, well, we're going to wait upon the Lord. We're going to make sure we, while we're here waiting on God, we're going to trust in him. And if through that process of time of them submitting themselves to, to doing the will of God, they were submitting themselves to authority that God had placed over their lives. They could have lost out and said, well, by God, he spoke to me, and we're going. I don't care what these men over here say. We're going. But as Sister Freeman would tell the story, as a year, I believe it was, maybe a little bit over a year had transpired since God spoke to them, and the missionary board told them no. Finally, a year or so after, things began to line up. In their personal life, personal finances here in, in the States. And the missionary board said, okay, now it's time for you to go. And, and they told us, they, they, they said the story that when they finally got to Africa, they began to step into God's perfect timing and things began to happen left and right. And they were wondering, wow, this is amazing what God's doing. And I'm going to tell you tonight, when you, when, you, when, you fall, when you submit yourself under God's authority and the authority that God's placed in your lives, there's a blessing that comes in that. There's a blessing that comes in that. You don't know all the the outcomes. You don't know all the different things. Sometimes we try and force things to happen. But God is saying, just allow, allow me to open that door. It'll be a whole lot easier, a whole lot less messy. Amen. There's been times, and I'm just sharing you, I'm not sure why I'm saying this, but there was a particular job I had. Uh, I was applying for, and I had friends on the inside, man, senior management. It was, I think it was for a Cliff Bar, um, one of those companies in Emeryville with, like, the best benefits, like, 
everything you could imagine, they have it there at your fingertips. It's like, man, this would be an awesome job. This job would be so great. It has like all these perks, all these benefits. And I, and I knew people, good friends that had, I had worked with before, and now they were at Cliff Bar, and they were in the position of making that decision. And I prayed, God, even though I know people in there, and even though I, I really want that job, God, if, if you don't want me to have that job, I'm praying you shut it down. But if it's your will, God, I want you to open that door wide open. And God shut that door. And I was like, man, you know, they say it's who you know a lot of times. But I pray, God, if it ain't your will, I want you to shut it down. I applied, and this is a good job. I applied for another job with Gear Deli. Everybody wants to work for Gear Deli. It's, you know, a cool company. I ha- I knew the director of finance. I knew others in there, and, and I, he was my old boss, and I should have had that job. And I prayed again, God, if it's not your will, shut it down. God, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what could transpire if I get that job, if I force it, if I work my, if I just... Make it happen, God. I want you to, I want your perfect will in my life. And God shut it down. It's been to the point where I've prayed that prayer so much that when somebody makes an offer, I know it's God. Because I'm praying that God would shut every single door. Shut it down, God. God, don't let me get into a situation, God, where it's not not going to be good for me, for my family, for the church. God, I pray you would open only the right doors for me. Yes. Make a way for me, God. I don't know how things will work out. I don't know what's going to happen six months down the road. I don't know what will happen 12 months down the road. I don't know. Maybe I, I, might, uh, I might lose out with God. Uh, there's all sorts of things that could happen. Maybe there might, there might be a wedge that comes between me and my wife because of the long hours. Or, or maybe something happens and I don't know all the different things that could take place. But I want to make sure, God, I'm going to cover it in prayer. Yes. God, I'm going to cover it in prayer, God. And I'm praying, God, you open the right doors in the right time, in the right way, and you slam the wrong doors in my face that I would know that it's not your will. God, I've got to live every day in prayer. I've got to cover everything in prayer, in everything with prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God, the Bible says, in everything with prayer. Supplication. Let your request be made known to God. There's a blessing in that. There's a blessing in just saying, God, in your time, I'm going to trust you. When God first spoke to to me about coming to Lathrop, and I'm I'm just I'm going to be done here. When God first spoke to me about coming to Lathrop, and I felt the call of God, and I felt like Lathrop as a city was calling out to me, saying, come, come. And I, I remember in that townhouse that we had with Paul there in Fremont, day after day, for weeks and months, I was on that first floor, weeping and sobbing before God. God, you give me a burden for the city. You give me a burden, God. God, I'm not going to talk to Pastor Shoemake about it. You have got to talk to him. I'm not going to be a bird in his ear saying, let me go, let me go, let me go. Every day, let me go, let me go, let me go. 
I said, God, when it's your time, you're going to speak to him. He's going to call me. He's going to confirm your word. Because he's the authority in my life. And even though I feel the call of God and I feel it heavy on my soul, I will not launch out. I will not even say a word to him until you confirm it. And that is what happened. And when it was time, it was time. And the same question, the same statement I felt in prayer. What about Lathrop? I felt that in prayer. That was a statement, the question I felt when it was time to come here. And when I went to Pastor Shumake's office, his question was, what about Lathrop? And I nearly lost it, crying. I said, Pastor, I've been praying. And I didn't want to say anything because I want to know it's God. I want to know it's God. And somehow, through the praying, through the refining, through the processing, God is preparing us. God is working on us. The question may not always, the answer may not always be a yes or no answer from God, but sometimes it's a wait. Sometimes his response is just wait on the Lord. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. And that scripture, they that wait upon the Lord, sometimes you need to use that when you're praying. In other words, don't get to your place of prayer and say, well, I just got 30 minutes and I'm out of here. I got to go. I got things to do. I got places to go, people to see. I, I got all these things. I got my agenda, my to-do list. I got to knock it out. Sometimes God says, just stay here for a while in prayer and wait upon the Lord. And don't rush. Stay an extra half an hour. Stay a few minutes longer. Wait upon the Lord. Amen. Could we stand to our feet? Amen. I God is here tonight. Amen. I don't 